Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday that we're recording a little bit later than we normally do, specifically so we could talk to my buddy Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk about all the latest news going on around the NFL and his outstanding book that is available now. Mike's a busy guy. This was the time we could talk with him, so a little bit later than normal. We'll get to Mike momentarily. You guys know the drill. We'll have a new Spread the Word winner via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Love when some new people step up. Love the sponsor confirmation email winners, Athletic Greens, LinkedIn, 100 Flowers, lots of options. And then the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's big show time. The big show. All right. You got to check him out on social media. I know a lot of you already do at Pro Football Talk. His website is beastly, profootballtalk.com. He's got a daily show every morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., Mike? 7 to 9 on Peacock and then 5 to 6 Eastern on Peacock. So we get it early in the morning and then we do an hour to clean up the news of the day. Wow. That's intense. The, sec- the second one, again, that- that's intense. He also has a book out now, which, by the way, uh, is perfect timing for some of the things I want to talk to Mike about. It's called Playmakers and how the NFL, which is awesome, how the NFL really works and doesn't, which it's available basically anywhere, right, Mike? Anywhere that books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Premier Collectibles has signed copies, which actually increased the price of the book by $1. I'm surprised it doesn't decrease the value of the book, but it's actually worth one dollar and i had a day or i had to sign they send what becomes the first page of the signed copy and they actually make the books with that page in there and i had a stack of pages and i had to just sign and sign and sign and i tried to create something legible i hate nothing more than someone's signature that you have no idea who it is so i took my time so for one extra dollar you get an autograph that's worth far less than that That is hilarious. So 
What do you mean by that, by the way? Like when you say how the NFL works and doesn't, I think I know what that means, but I want to give you the opportunity to expound upon that. Well, the whole idea was, and I owe a lot of credit to David Black, my literary agent, and also my editor, Ben Adams, at Public Affairs, for helping me kind of craft this general idea of a 20-year history lesson about the NFL into a format that made sense. And I didn't want to write a textbook. I didn't want to say chapter one, here's how the NFL deals with player discipline. What I wanted to do was piece it together in 10 different categories based on specific things that happened. And I don't have much of an attention span when it comes to reading or writing. So what I tried to do was write essays on these various things that have happened over the last 20 years in the 750,000 word range. Some of them are a little bit longer. I guess some of them are a little bit shorter, but that's the target. And when you piece it all together and you put it in the 10 categories and you read it all, you get an idea of what goes right, what doesn't go right, what needs to be improved, what is working just fine, where the concern should be in the future. And, and the other thing you can do with it, you can look at the table of contents and just read whichever essay, whichever topic, whichever thing you find interesting to you at that given moment. You don't have to read the whole thing. It doesn't tell a story start to finish. It's just arranged 10 subjects chronological within each subject, but you can read them in whatever order you want. Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that. Well, and, and I know that you are, I don't know if you consider yourself an insider or what that term even means, but clearly you are, right? You're very plugged in. You do know how it works. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think happened over the last 72 hours with Tom Brady from Saturday, the reports he was retiring to the refuting of those reports to Monday. He has his show where he says he'll take his time to Tuesday morning where the social media posts come out and he's retiring. It's it's kind of been an awkward dance the last 72 hours, Mike. What do you think happened? And, you know, it's funny. I don't know what term I would apply to myself. I'm aware of all the terms that others have applied to me from time to time. The bottom line is I've been doing this for over 20 years, and I've been watching the NFL closely, reading about it closely, talking to people about it closely, trying to understand how it works closely, everything about it. And whether it's the sport itself or the media industry that has popped up around it. And I think what happened based on everything I've pieced together, and I don't know this as fact, but it makes sense when you consider the broader context. When ESPN reported on Saturday that Tom Brady was retiring, now the presence of Adam Schefter's name on the report, and you'll see these stories from ESPN with two names. A lot of times what happens is one of them brings it to the table, the other one adds something to it, or sometimes, sometimes, the Jeff Darlington brings most of it, and Adam Schefter just kind of says, I'm on this as well, because he's the established name, and he's the one that took all the heat, frankly, from Saturday, Sunday, Monday, into this morning. But they were convinced it was going to happen. Now, the presence of Schefter's name creates the impression that the announcement is coming quickly after the report, because we see that time and again. He reports something, five minutes later it's announced. He reports something, five minutes later it's announced. The difference here was he reports it, And then there were crickets and then there was pushback and then there was uncertainty and the rumor making the rounds, Ross, and this makes a ton of sense 
that man in the arena documentary that Tom Brady created with his own production company, televised on ESPN Plus, that in the final episode, that's where he was going to announce his retirement. He taped it. Someone caught wind of it. Someone told Darlington about it. Schefter added whatever Schefter added. And that's how it got out there. And that's why they didn't back off, because they heard it. They heard it or heard about it coming directly from Tom Brady's mouth. And then Monday night, I'm surprised he just didn't postpone his podcast. Because what it looks like now, it looks like he lied in his podcast. Unless he truthfully didn't know what he was going to do and didn't have a timetable Monday night. And at some point between Monday night and Tuesday morning, he had an epiphany where he was visited by the ghost of football past, present, and future that told him to retire. It makes no sense. And he said last June, 90% of the things he says publicly aren't true anyway. I think he said what he had to say Monday night to preserve the ruse until Tuesday morning when he declared on social media with a multi-page post that he didn't thumb into his phone that morning. It surely was written and vetted and thought about and read by professionals. That's when he pulled the sheet off of it. So there's no way he didn't know yesterday the truth of what was coming. And, and that's fine. That's fine. He said what he had to say on the podcast, but it's a reminder that so much of what we hear at face value is frankly bullcrap. Mike, is there something to be said? And maybe our, my listeners care about this. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But is there something to be said where if you're Darlington and Schefter, it's like, yeah, Tom might be mad if we report this before he's ready, but He's retiring. We don't we don't need him anymore. It, it doesn't matter if he's mad at us. Oh, I think that some reporters will definitely factor in to the assessment of, you know, it's risk reward, cost benefit. OK, I've got this thing that that advances my interests. Here's the other side of it. Here's where the damage may be done. Tom may be upset. You know, the old adage, it's better to seek per what seek forgiveness than ask permission. Let's just go ahead and do it. We'll deal with it afterward. And, you know, there was some talk that Brady's pissed off at ESPN. And I don't know what that becomes. I don't know what that means. I don't know how long he holds a grudge. I don't know how involved he's going to be in the NFL going forward. And maybe he'll get over it. But he clearly wasn't happy. He didn't want to upstage the conference championships. ESPN used the news of his retirement to try to upstage the conference championships. And here's where it gets interesting to me, Ross. If ABC slash ESPN were televising one of the two playoff games that were played on Sunday, would that report have happened on Saturday? Because it necessarily did take a little steam. Now, by the time the game started, I think we moved on. But I wonder if there would have been sensitivity from a corporate standpoint to not reporting something Saturday that potentially takes over the NFL and undermines the games if ESPN slash ABC were actually televising one of them. What are you making of the fact that he didn't mention New England at all in the social media posts, which seems to be like the biggest takeaway right now, is that he didn't mention New England, although I don't remember – when he left New England to go to Tampa, didn't he do a social media post about that? Like, didn't he say, I had a great time there? So, I don't know. Did he have to mention New England in this one? Well, again, this isn't something that he rolled out of bed and wrote on his phone this morning. This thing was prepared in advance. And unless somebody just flat out screwed up and forgot, it had to be deliberate. When you see the announcement from the Buccaneers regarding the retirement of Tom Brady, it actually delves into – 
things he did with the Patriots, which is kind of weird. I think there's a chance that Brady plans to do something directly with the Patriots. I don't know this, but a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Patriots, go back to New England, something like that. But it does look glaring, and maybe the idea is it's so glaring that people with common sense will realize it wasn't a deliberate snub of the Patriots. When you see everyone he thanked from the Buccaneers, from all staff and employees, the fans, the coaches, GM Jason Light, head coach Bruce Aarons, ownership, and no mention of the Patriots, I think that the safer interpretation is he'll have something for the Patriots at a later time, and maybe he hopes that people will just kind of figure that out. But it's weird because I haven't seen any pushback from his camp on this criticism he's getting for omitting the Patriots. So maybe sooner than later he'll have something to add, and maybe he'll resurface in in Foxborough as soon as later this week for some sort of ceremonial retirement as a member of the Patriots. You mentioned sort of the risk-reward that Schefter and Darlington maybe were pondering on this. How often do people get mad at you, Mike? How often do – and I'm talking about people in the league. I'm talking about agents, coaches, GMs. How often do you get pushback, and how do you handle that? Oh, it happens all the time. I mean, if you are – see, there's two types of reports as it relates to sports media, and I assume that this is true – of any type of reporting that people do. And Jay Glazer explained this difference to me several years ago. There's the stuff that's going to be announced anyway. And that's what people like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and the others at the NFL media army traffic in. They get the stuff before it's announced. They report it five minutes before it's announced. And Miles Simmons, who works with his PFT now, previously worked for the Rams and the Panthers, he said during our afternoon show that when he was working for a team, there were times when they'd have their social media announcement of a transaction ready to go, and it was understood within the organization, Schefter's breaking it first, five minutes later, we're going to announce it. So that, that to me, and the way Glazer explained it, and I think it makes sense, it's not really journalism. The real journalism is the stuff that you put out there that they didn't want you to know about, like the Tom Brady retirement story on Saturday when he didn't want it out there. That's far closer to journalism than basically doing the press release five minutes before the press release is issued. And so when you report items like that, whether it's news that somebody didn't want out, an interpretation that somebody disagrees with, maybe some financial details about a contract that aren't flattering or a comparison of a contract from one player to another player. And there's somebody who's upset about that. I mean, yeah, it happens all the time, but I've been doing it 20 years. I can deal with it. I mean, I've had everybody connected to the NFL one way or another, get pissed at me at some point. You're not doing the job right. If people aren't getting pissed at you, you're, you're doing it wrong. If everybody's happy with everything you say, because then you're part of the machine, you're part of the propaganda if everything you say is fine and dandy with anyone about whom you're saying. That's an interesting way to look at it. And you're right. I mean, that that's a good point. You know, it's funny. Why is breaking news so important? In other words, like the news, 99% of it's going to come out, as you said, Mike, five minutes later, the team's going to announce it or it's like, it's all going to come out. Why is it so important 
to be the one that breaks it, in your opinion? Because that you get more of a social media following, or you like what? What's the importance of actually being the person to break it? I think there's an appeal to the lowest common denominator among the fans who don't understand how it all really works. And for example, for example, I'll see this all the time on ESPN, and I hate to pick on ESPN, but they're the the biggest fish in the pond, so they're fair game here. Schefter will report something. Like, I think it happened recently when he reported that Brian Dayball would be the next Giants coach. They announce it five minutes later. But on the scroll for the rest of the night on ESPN, even though the Giants have announced it, it says Schefter, Cole, Dayball to be Giants' new head coach. Well, they've announced it. You don't need Schefter or anyone else at that point. So I think a lot of it is just part of the effort by the media companies and by the individual reporters to somehow make themselves look like they're doing something other than serving as external PR agents for the teams. And that's how it works. And that's what goes on. And look, you, you'll, you'll see it. It happens sometimes. It's like, it's like a slot machine lining up perfectly in your Twitter timeline where Schefter, Rappaport, Garofolo, someone else, same tweet, same tweet. And I, I get some of those texts. I don't push them as hard as I used to because I don't like being part of that. But I'll see some of the texts that come to me and I'll look at the tweet. And it's like, I, can I swear on this? Is it, what is this? Can I? If can you I want say, to, go ahead. I'll look at it and say, that son of a bitch. He just copied and pasted the tweet. The text that he got. I got the same text. He copied are they it. Are they group texts, Mike, or is it individual texts? It's usually individual text. Usually what happens is... Because the agent wants you guys to think he's just giving it to you, but he really just did the individual text to like five guys. And it's boom, 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 boom. And then the race is on. Who can get to Twitter first? Who can, who can copy and paste and tweet first? They win the race. And it's amazing. It's amazing how pissy people get about it. I have people complain to me all the time. And I tell them, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Whatever it is. Whoever broke whatever news first, nobody cares because you're all getting it from the same person at or about the same time. Don't act like you're in a dumpster rifling through garbage, putting together a shredded document and deciphering some puzzle. You've been handed this usually by virtue of your affiliation, right? You work for ESPN. Whoever the top guy at ESPN is, he's getting it. Top guy at NFL Network, he's getting it. Top guy at Fox, he's getting it. And, and, and that's the disconnect between those of us who understand how it works and everybody else because the vast majority of people don't understand it and they just think, oh, boy, that, that, that Adam Schefter, he's breaking all these stories. Well, he's getting them handed to him five minutes before they go live. Last question, Mike. Uh, quarterback prediction time. Oh. Which, which guys move? Oh. Which, guy, which guys go elsewhere? It's amazing, Ross, the last two years, how it's changed. The Tom Brady year, 2020, with all the free agents. And I think teams now, because there's so many great young quarterbacks, they're willing to let the bird in the hand fly away and go after somebody better, just like with Matthew Stafford last year going to the, the Rams. And that deal was unofficially done January 30, one year to the day before the Rams advanced to the Super Bowl. So the coaching carousel has to stop first. Once that stops, then we know – what coaches are where, what offensive coordinators are where, and then I think we move on to what does Aaron Rodgers want to do? 
Where does he want to go? If I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd stay the hell out of the AFC. I'd want to go to the 49ers or the Buccaneers at this point. I don't know that I want to go to the Buccaneers because I don't want to follow Tom Brady. But I don't want to jump into the AFC West with the Broncos or the Raiders. Those are two other teams that he may be considering. The Steelers, why do I want to go into the AFC North with the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns? So I think Rodgers is kind of the first domino to fall. Once people know where he's going to go, you know, is Russell Wilson going to make another power play like he did last year? I think he may, right? Um, I, I don't rule out Tom Brady waking up someday between now and September and deciding to do it all over again. I don't think he will. But, you know, you got Jimmy Garoppolo that's going to be in this mix quite possibly. The Steelers are clearly looking for somebody who's an upgrade over Mason Rudolph. Will they draft someone? Will they go after one of these veterans? They had a 10% drop in local TV ratings this year in Pittsburgh, and their, their attendance hasn't been full capacity lately. They need to be thinking about their post-Ben plan, and maybe they need to get one of these guys. But there's so many out there that will become available, free agency or trade, that uh, it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to make for a very – Sean Watson, will he be able to play football? Well, they're expecting slash hoping that the grand jury that's investigating the criminal complaints will finish its work soon. Now – in December, the hope was that it would be done by the end of January. I don't think it's happened yet. They're bracing for slash hoping for a misdemeanor charge that wouldn't result in a, a lengthy legal issue with the NFL, but, but we'll see. You still have the 22 civil suits. And at some point, now 18 of the 22 women were ready to settle back in late October so that if all 22 could be settled, he would have been traded to the Dolphins. That deal was done pending a settlement of all 22 cases by Deshaun Watson. Four of the women said, no, thank you. At some point, he's just got to write the check. He's just got to write the check and move on with his life. He's already missed a year of football. He's got to resolve these. And I'm not saying, oh, boy. I don't mean it in a crass way, like you buy your way out of a problem, but justice comes in many shapes and sizes. And these women filed civil lawsuits. What you get out of a civil lawsuit is a financial award if you're ultimately successful. So there is a payment that can be made by Deshaun Watson that necessarily expresses his regret that constitutes him making amends. He needs to do that with these 22 women if he wants his career to keep going. The one team that I know of that didn't care about any of this was the Carolina Panthers. He didn't want to go to the Panthers. He wanted to go to the Dolphins. Well, we'll see if, if you know, as we get deeper and deeper into 2022, his position changes. But he's got that no-trade clause so he can control his next destination. And the stakes are higher this year, Ross. His salary is $35 million fully guaranteed. His name is Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk on social media. Make sure you pick up a copy of Playmakers, how the NFL really works and doesn't. Thank you, Mike. There it is, right there. <laughs> I'd, get up, I'd get up and, and actually hold it in front of the camera, but I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Thanks, man. See you. So interesting. I mean, I, that, that's why we, I feel like we do that once or twice a year. We get a guy on that's behind the scenes to kind of give you guys a little bit of a taste of what that's like. Speaking of behind the scenes, you know, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. 
Use simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Tux takes. Hey, Ross. So I guess it was a good thing that we waited and recorded a little bit later. Now we got the Tom Brady news. He's officially retired at the age of 44 after 22 seasons in the NFL. So many thoughts, Brian. I've got so many thoughts. I know I've told a bunch of Brady stories over the years. I don't even know which ones I've told, which ones I haven't. Um, I guess two things come to mind for me right now. Three. Number one, really just grateful and appreciative that I got to be his teammate. It's really cool. I mean, the guy's the best ever, and I snapped the football to him. I don't know how many guys have done that, 100, 50. I, I have no idea. But – it's it's an honor. It's not, I mean, he's the best there ever was. It's really an honor. Um, that's number one. Number two, I wish he kept playing. I think I've said this before, but I feel like to my daughters, it was one of the things they thought was coolest about me. Everybody in their class, all the boys and girls, they all know about Tom Brady, and it was cool that they could say my daddy played with Tom Brady. So selfish. Brady is selfish. He should keep playing for my benefit, for my relationships with my daughters and my coolness factor. He should keep keep playing. The other two things, I think I added one maybe. I'm really happy for him. I'm happy that he doesn't have that pressure, the threat of injury, all of those things hanging over him anymore, and that he can enjoy his life. And his family, and I hope he does. I hope he does have joy in that and find something that is as impactful to him as football was. And then the last thing is, you know, his critics never got their pound of flesh. There were people for almost 10 years that would say, he's done, he's washed up, this is the end, and he never was. At 44 years old in his 22nd year, he led the NFL in yards and touchdowns. He kind of beat Father Time, or at least Father Time never beat him. He just decided he didn't want to fight with him anymore. Tuck takes. Some other official news that we learned today. The Raiders have hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach to go along with Dave Ziegler as general manager. A little surprised by this. Uh, it, it seems to me like the Raiders wanted a clean sweep from anything related to John Gruden. I probably would have kept Mayock and Bisaccia for a year. You know, they had a lot of things going in the right direction. A lot of things going well. I guess I would have wanted to keep that momentum. Even if it was only for a year, you don't need to give Rich Bisaccia a big five, six-year deal. He's never been a head coach before. Give him a three-year deal. He'll take it just for the opportunity. So I, I would have stuck with Bisaccia and Mayock for another year and – I would have been curious to see if the momentum could continue. They could keep going in the right direction. But 
I also understand the argument that Mark Davis did not think those guys were up for those jobs, thinks that getting Josh McDaniels is a real coup and going with Dave Ziegler, and they're a good pairing. They obviously have a lot of experience together. The real negative is Bill Belichick, guys have not had that much success. I guess Bill O'Brien went to the playoffs a few years. Brian Flores went to the playoffs one year. Actually, he never even did. He never did go to the playoffs. I, I, there's not a great track record there or history. Takes. Two other quick notes, including the health status of both tight ends for the Super Bowl. They're up in the air. And Jimmy G undergoing thumb surgery. So, yeah, um, it is kind of interesting that both Tyler Higby and CJ Uzama, uh, their status is up in the air. It's like the only guy for each team, and it happens to be the tight end for each team. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, you guys know the rules. When you're out there inside the white lines, nobody cares about your injury. And your performance is your performance. But I do think the fact – these guys don't let anybody mess with their hands, right? They're throwing hand or shoulder. They're very particular. The fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is getting his thumb operated on really makes it even more impressive what he was able to do over the last month or so of the season. He had some bad throws. He had some bad decisions. But he got them to the NFC Championship game – they had a 10-point lead. Now he's going to have surgery on that thumb. I mean, imagine having a thumb so bad, you have to have surgery on it, yet that's your job is to throw with that hand. It's not, not, uh, not conducive to a whole lot of success. What is conducive to success in your relationship? Getting your significant other a story from myfrontpagestory.com for Valentine's Day. I hope a lot of you guys do this. Not for me, but for you. I've seen the videos. I've seen the pictures. It's just a truly special, unique gift that most people have never heard of. They don't even know it's a thing. And uh, your significant other will be ecstatic. I'd be shocked if they weren't. Highly recommend it. Myfrontpagestory.com. Shoutouts. Steakhouse Sports. HumanHeadNYC.com. Vision Comics with an X, Sportaculture, Pizza Boy Brewing, all the companies that are, I think we're done here, members of patreon.com slash RT Media, which is fitting because I do think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 